In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Scripture describes the relationship between God and his people in various ways, different ways, to help us better understand that relationship that he has with us. And in some places, the Bible pictures that relationship like a marriage, not in a romantic way, but in an expression of faithfulness toward one another. Faithfulness toward one another. God, of course, is always faithful in his love and in his commitment for his people. His people, not so much. When the Lord began to speak through the prophet Hosea, for example, the Lord said to him, Go and marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to Yahweh. Or consider the Lord's word through the prophet Jeremiah. Surely as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, so you have been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares Yahweh. But before all of this, before these prophets, we have King David and Psalm 16. So you've got to pay attention if you're going to follow along with the sermon this morning. So if you've drifted off, come back. You've got to pay attention. Before all this, we have King David in Psalm 16. So Dr. Timothy Seleska writes that Psalm 16 is like listening to a newly married person. And that newly married person, in the course of conversations, will talk both with and about his spouse while others are present in the room. With and about his or her spouse while others are present. Maybe you've done this. When you were newly married... People probably congratulated you, felt, you know, happy for you and said, how's married life? And maybe you responded like this. Okay, I'm going to pretend like uh, the baptismal font is my wife and you are the people. I'm. So you asked me, uh, how's married life going? And I would say something like this. My life has never been better. We have a really great life together. You see what I'm saying? And you say, well, I would never do that. Come on. Even when you're newly married. I know, I know, small, excessive sentiment, right? Some of us aren't just about that. But David, David can't help himself. In Psalm 16, he expresses his devotion, his feeling, his love for Yahweh. And every so often, just as someone in love would do, he turns and speaks directly to Yahweh. Because he's confident that Yahweh is right there beside him. And this switch, this back and forth, kind of like what I just did, creates moments of intimacy that we are privileged to hear. So in Psalm 16, David begins with these words. Preserve me, O Yahweh, for in you I take refuge. And after this initial request, it is a request, preserve me. He never once again questions Yahweh's love for him, but instead proclaims Yahweh's love for him, right? He doesn't question it, he proclaims it. So he asks at the beginning, preserve me. But then he takes joy and confidence in God's faithfulness, God's presence, God's goodness, sometimes speaking to us, sometimes speaking to Yahweh. Here he's speaking to the Lord. You are my Lord, he says. Right now he's proclaiming. He's not, he's not uh, making petitions anymore. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. So now notice as we progress in verse 5. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? 
talking to everybody. Got to wake up. Talking to everybody. But then he says, you maintain my lot, right? So the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot, right? He speaks directly to Yahweh in the same verse. In verses 8 and 9, he addresses you all, the people, right? The nobles, the people to whom he's writing, the people of Israel, the faithful ones in the land. I have set Yahweh always before me. And because he is at my right hand, because he's always there, I shall not be shaken. Right? Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. And then he tells us why. Right? For you will not abandon my soul to the land of the dead, Sha'ol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the paths of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore, back and forth, proclaiming and also uh, speaking directly to Yahweh. And if you have doubts, because the marriage thing never really comes up um, in an overt way, David speaks about his relationship in a marriage this way in verse 4 of Psalm 16. He warns people, the sorrows of those who pay a bridal price, uh, you normally hear acquire or um, chase after, but who pay a bridal price for another God shall multiply. The sorrows of one who goes and purchases, pays the price for another God, the sorrows are going to multiply. Don't do that. In other words, giving your heart and your devotion to anyone or anything above Yahweh, you will pay the price and ultimately reaping sorrow. That's the price you'll pay. David, as you probably remember, never turned to worship other Canaanite gods or other abominable gods like Chemosh, Hadad, Moloch, or Dagon. Never did that. He was a man after God's own heart. But is David's faithfulness in Yahweh, is this psalm, is his confidence, is his proclamation misplaced? Because here's what he writes. You will not abandon my soul to the land of the dead. Or you will or let your Holy One see corruption. Presuming he's talking about himself. But as our text from Acts points out, David died. His grave was still there. Right? That you could go up and see it. Obviously, David was not God's Holy One, capital H, capital O, because the wages of sin is death. And David had received his wages. So while David didn't overtly worship Canaanite gods, he did have idols because any sin that we enter into is idolatry. He did have idols. David received his wages. David was not always faithful. His love for God was not perfect or flawless. But that's okay because David knew that Yahweh's love for him was perfect, flawless. Born from the Holy Spirit, David's faithfulness, his devotion, his love for Yahweh stems from Yahweh's greater love. 
Yahweh's greater faithfulness, Yahweh's greater devotion for him. It stems from Yahweh's willingness and ability to do something remarkable for David and out of his great love for David. So on Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter takes David's psalm about God's faithfulness and God's love and shows its fulfillment. And I want you to pay attention to how God is being faithful throughout Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Right, for you. This is God's love for you. What did you do in return? Well, you crucified and killed him by the hands of lawless men. But, there we go again, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for Jesus to be held by it. For David says concerning him. See, Peter's saying that David was talking about ultimately Christ. Concerning Jesus, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My flesh will also dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, to the land of the dead, or let your Holy One, capital H, capital O, see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. And then Peter explains it. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence that Patriarch David died and was buried in his tomb is with us to this day, right? Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to David that God would send one of David's descendants on the throne, David foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. That the Christ was not abandoned to the land of the dead. Nor did the Christ's flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are witnesses. And therefore, God's still working. Pay attention, right? God's still working right there as they're proclaiming this. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. No wonder that David has joy and confidence and love for Yahweh. We've got to sort of, what does this Pentecost sermon mean? Right? This love that David talks about, it's not just for him. It's for all people. Yes, David is pointing out, you know, he's confident that God's going to come through on his promise to place a ruler on the Davidic throne for all time, just as the Lord had promised. But this Davidic ruler will be for all. And this love and faithfulness, brothers and sisters in Christ, isn't just for David. It's for all sinners, including you and me. Even for the ones who crucified Christ. Imagine it. The love for those religious people, Israel, who were unfaithful, who rejected God's promise. The love is still there for them. Those who have been less than faithful. And yes, this means you. And yes, this means me. We see in this a love for you and I that will never truly die. It will never die. And Peter and the other Christians 
who were witnesses. That's our confidence, right? God keeps his promise, just as he said, and we have witnesses. Peter and many other early Christians saw the Christ alive, saw him glorified, saw him ascending, and Peter realized that what David said about God in Psalm 16 had been fully realized in Christ Jesus, David's greater son, David's Lord. The one who is God from eternity humbles himself to be born in the likeness of men, living every moment in faithfulness toward the Father and love toward us. The God-man Jesus takes all the punishment and shame and sin upon himself. And because of that, because of God's faithfulness and love for you in Christ Jesus, you are one of God's holy ones on account of Christ, just as David is. Because of Christ's power, the enemies of sin and death are placed under his feet. You will not, therefore, be abandoned to the place of physical death or spiritual death and the corruption of living apart from God for all eternity. No wonder we love Yahweh. He is always faithful now and forever. And throughout this text, we see that love. All persons working for our good. The Father sends the Son. The Father and the Son together send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us faith and points us to Jesus. And Jesus points us back to the love of the Father. We see God's great love and faithfulness toward us. The Bible speaks of God's love to us in many different ways, but one of those ways is marriage. And... I know that's not always helpful. Some of us never get married. Some of us get divorced. Our devotion can wane and fade. Even for those of us who stay married, manage to stay married by God's grace, can only pledge until death do us part. Because even in the resurrection, people are not married or given in marriage. Matthew 22, verse 30. I didn't say it, Jesus said it first, so if you have an issue with that, take it up with him. Okay? But make no mistake, and here's what I want you to hear, okay? If you've taken nothing else, make no mistake. Those in the church have the love and devotion and heart of the perfect bridegroom. Not in a romantic way but in total faithfulness toward you. Paul describes what God did for us in Christ Jesus in this way. Now listen from Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. No wonder David loves Yahweh. No wonder we love Yahweh. Because he first loved us. Because he is always faithful. So let's join David, shall we? Let's talk to Yahweh and about Yahweh while others in the room. So I'm ask you, I'm going to ask you to read this together with me. Okay? Let's read. You make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Now the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.